everybody. Welcome to the Homeworkies podcast. We're really excited today to have a special bonus episode for you guys. We love doing these episodes, especially in March, since Hallmark is not giving us very much content to cover. And uh, we had a new adaptation of the Jane Austen novel, Emma, that came out this month. And so I thought it would be really fun to get a chance to talk about not only this version, but many of the different versions of Emma and talk about Jane Austen in general, know that, uh, that a lot of us enjoy uh, her books and uh, the various adaptations that have come. I'm film critic Rachel Ragnar. I have a special guest today. Film, film blogger Sarah Hargett is here. Uh, she uh, is a huge Austen fan. And Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes. So do you want to introduce yourself a little bit to, uh, to our listeners? But you basically said it all. I just, <laughs> I blog about movies. That's basically yeah. it. <laughs> You've always been a, a big movie fan growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, so uh, yeah, let's just dive in and talk about Jane Austen. Uh, so it's interesting to me. I kind of think of the same thing with Sherlock Holmes. You know, you have these, these, uh, um, these books that just seem to, no matter the era, they just seem to uh, be, not only enjoyable, but uh, find a way to relate and be applicable in, uh, in any era. And why do you think that uh, Jane Austen was, is able, was able to write such timeless stories? I guess she just like saw humanity for what it is. And, mm-hmm. and humanity is always the same no matter what the era. So she, she was just very honest about it, I guess, and mm-hmm. saw the humor in, in the folly of humanity and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you can relate to at any point, right? Right. I think that what she was able to do is she was able to get to the core of characters that are forced to make choices mm-hmm. and, uh, and that are, you know, that are uh, oftentimes her books are seen as sort of fluffy. Uh, I feel like sometimes seen as sort of fluffy books about love, right. but that's, I, I think that's actually the wrong interpretation yeah. because they're, they're, they're just are incidentally about love, in my opinion, because that was the one choice that these women had, the one thing they had control over. And so in the core, it's about these women who are, are forced to, to make choices, and then, then they're held accountable for those choices. And who can't relate to that? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and especially if you look at somebody like uh, Lizzie, r- her refusal of Darcy is an incredibly bold thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I, I don't know if it necessarily translates 100% now compared to what it would have been then. I mean, she yeah. literally is, is, is refusing somebody that could save her entire family. Yeah. And especially when you just have Charlotte Lucas, you know, doing what she <laughs> does. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, that her characters are very bold it's not some sort of trifling thing like sometimes we think of love stories uh, right. or we can think of love stories uh, today it's like high stakes romance <laughs> yeah and uh so it's it's an interesting thing and i think that that makes you really root for the characters because uh you you, you know that they're being honest about their feelings and and about these choices they're not just uh I don't know, like these sort of robot women <laughs> that are just doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. I think that makes it, that's what makes it so timeless. Uh, did, did you, uh, did you grow up reading Austin? Do you remember your first Austin that you read? Um, I can't remember when I read it, probably when I was around 15. Mm-hmm. I, I read all of them, I think, except for like um, Lady Susan. And, right. And I didn't read those. Like, right. Yeah, I think I read them all around about the same time. My sister was even more a fan of Jane Austen than I was, and she would, like, read them, like, once a year, like, e- even before I, I started reading them. So she mm-hmm. kind of, like, forced me to read them. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, I first started uh, when I was, I think, 17, 16 mm-hmm. or 17. I read Sense Sensibility first, mm-hmm. and I loved it so much. And we had, like, three or four weeks off of uh off a break a winter break and i read at least uh the i I read at least sensibility pride and prejudice and persuasion in pretty quick order Mm -hmm. and uh and then emma emma is i think her longest book if i'm not mistaken 
Yeah, I think it probably is. Yeah. And, and one interesting thing about Emma is that it has the most romantic dialogue between any of the characters. And, and that's a really interesting thing to me about Jane Austen, because the, you know, the books are ostensibly about love and, and, uh, and them finding love, but there's actually very little romantic dialogue between the characters. Yeah. Yeah. What she'll do is, is you'll have, it'll say something like, uh, it'll say something like Darcy said what was appropriate for a man uh, ardently in love and you're like no I want to hear what he said yeah I know <laughs> and I and I except for an Emma Emma's the only one where you really hear you really get into Knightley's head I think the most yeah. his speech uh, at the end yeah his speech yeah. at the end and uh and just they're arguing kind of back and forth where uh the closest that I mean with both persuasion and with Pride and Prejudice, you get it in letters, mm-hmm. the inside, the inner workings of their minds, which is great. But, uh, but I don't know, it's kind of nice to have that sort of snappy dialogue between the, between Emma and Mr. Knightley. I think it's really fun. Yeah, I really liked the, about it. I really liked, I think Emma was probably my favorite, just the, because I really liked the way, the way that Mr. Knightley's speech at the end goes. Mm-hmm. And I can't even so remember good. it anymore, but it, I was just like, yeah. oh, this is so good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's really, really good. I, I don't know. I have a special place in my heart for all of them. I mean, I, if I guess if I had to pick, I think Pride and Prejudice probably is my favorite. It's a uh, good it's, <laughs> Yeah, it's so good. And I just, I don't I, I get in, uh, invested in the story every time, even though I've, I mean, I've read it. I used to read all of her books every year. It was a thing I'd have like a month or two months where I would just read all the, the big five (laughs) I'd read every year. And since I've become a podcaster, I have less time, but I still like to have them on just as a, an audio book or something like that. Uh, Cause I, I just love them all so much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, unlike little women, I mean, I love little women. Little women was really important to me. But I feel like the uh, the film adaptation journey of Little Women is a lot rockier. For the most part, most of the Austin adaptations have been pretty good. I think. Yeah. Uh, there's Can't really how to improve on them. <laughs> yeah. There's really not. I'm trying to think. I mean, the 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 Pride and Prejudice with Olivier is ridiculous, uh, but it's still good. <laughs> but it's like, but like Lady Catherine de Bourgh is like meddling to see if uh if if she's the right one for him yeah. that's a good excuse <laughs> yeah uh and uh we both saw the sanditon we were talking uh but and that was terrible or very disappointing um but that's only half in jane austen book so uh <laughs> i don't think it counts <laughs> no, it doesn't count in my opinion <laughs> yeah but for the most part i i even in, and it's really cool because not only do you have the traditional versions of her stories, but you have the 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 new takes. You know, yeah, there's Bollywood takes for stories. Oh, there's yeah. there's a, a modern takes. There's it's just a really it's just interesting how she created these characters, and you can almost put them anywhere because it's just that's it's just who. The, these characters are vulnerable and interesting and have depth to them and that's i think yeah. why they work kind of like in the same way you can do modern shakespeare and it's mm-hmm. so yeah 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 exactly and i think maybe even more so than shakespeare it's just so timeless mm-hmm. uh but but yeah and one of the things that i think is unique about emma in particular as opposed to the other books is that emma is is the elite mm-hmm of society her other books you have someone coming from a different perspective and sort of satirizing the elite uh and uh where because you have uh lizzie obviously her family is gonna the state's gonna be entailed away and so there it's a problem (laughs) and (laughs) and then you have Anne, who's an old maid and they've lost their fortune you have uh the you have Marianne and Eleanor who have lost, you know, lost everything with their father's death. Uh, Fanny in Maxwell Park is basically living with her cousins because she doesn't have anything. 
And so all of the, all of our other stories are sort of these people that are just on the edge of the elites. They're, 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 they're hanging on for their life. And, nice and then, but not part of them. yeah. And so then in Emma, instead you have this character who is, is at the top, is at the highest part. And she's honestly, I think kind of bored. And yeah. that's what gets, she's been very, very sheltered her whole life. And she's also kind of bored. And so that's what causes her to, to meddle in other people's lives. And I think she's probably the most, uh, I mean, I'm, I don't think she's unlikable, but she's definitely the, the most flawed yeah. of any of her characters. Like if you knew her in real life, maybe you wouldn't like her. Right. <laughs> it's only because we know her because of the story that we actually yeah. like her. Well, and I, I think the, the main reason that I think she's able to be, be a character that you can root for is that she always has the best of intentions. Yes. There's never anything done out of malice, even with Miss Bates, uh, the big scene where she's she's snooty to Miss Bates. She's not she's not trying to. Yeah, she just wasn't yeah. thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She always and she, with like Harriet, she's always like thinking of others too. Right. Which is nice. Yeah, and so there's just like a naivety about her that makes yeah. you forgive a lot. Mm -hmm. Definitely, and and also the 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 book uh never fails to hold her accountable for her mistakes right. too she gets a nice little lecture for everything that she <laughs> that she every mistake she makes yeah, yeah. which also helps because she's learning and growing as a character mm -hmm. but it makes a lot of sense because i mean she would be a very secluded character she certainly wouldn't have gone to school or mm. or had a ton of social interaction that wasn't pretty formal yeah and uh, so she would have just spent time with her governess and her dad yeah and that's it and i guess nightly but uh but yeah so it's it's an interesting uh it's an interesting difference between her other other books that mm -hmm. you kind of have the different social dynamics i think going on and we're going to talk about with clueless but i think that one of the things interesting about the clueless interpretation in particular is that is that I, in my opinion i think that in any other teen movie sharon and dion would be the villains mm. they would be the mean girls yeah. of most stories if you think about it i mean there's not that much difference between regina george and Cher horowitz except for Cher is nice <laughs> Cher, <laughs> Cher has is trying she has she has a good heart and she's trying to trying to be nice mm -hmm. but uh but i don't know i thought that was kind of interesting you could just flip the script really easy yeah you know there but uh all right well so we're gonna talk about different versions and uh and see the pluses and minuses what we like what we don't like in the different versions uh so there were actually two versions that came out in 1996 mm -hmm. um and uh, of course we have the Merrimax, the, the Gwyneth Paltrow version uh, to the feature films. Then we also had, there was a television version done by Andrew Davies who did, who's done a lot of these, these adaptations. Uh, he did the Sanditon, which mm -hmm. wasn't good, but uh, have you ever seen that, that one? <laughs> have you ever seen that one with um, uh, Kate Beckinsale? Yes, I saw it once, I think. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time, so I don't have a ton to say on it um i i remember thinking that the ending was weird yeah i can't remember why <laughs> yeah there's like this harvest festival and and the, the whole setting it feels more uh i think regency than than George, the georgian era. it feels like a different era than the rest of them the mm -hmm. and i just remember thinking this is this is so it was so different than the uh the, the gwyneth paltrow one as far as the costumes and the everything and mark strong plays nightly and with his weird hair i remember yeah that. His weird hair. <laughs> and he wasn't my favorite <laughs> uh, i think if you want to see a good uh kate beckinsdale uh jane austen should uh watch love and friendship uh did you ever see that one i did yeah i, I didn't like that. it very much but it was I, interesting yeah i really enjoyed it, it. i like thought it was awesome. so funny 
yeah, yeah, it was like very amusing, but it didn't really feel like Jane Austen to me somehow. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's just yeah, and I just thought it was so funny the way that uh, that uh, she was just able to like manipulate people, mm-hmm. but you didn't you didn't feel. Yeah, so she's probably, I mean, definitely if you include her, she's the most unlikable uh, <laughs> Austin characters, but she kind yeah. of, yeah. everybody else, everybody else in the story, story is so stupid that you feel less bad for her. Wasn't but, that character in Sanditon too? Wasn't that the, the same person that, was, that Kate Beckinsale plays, the lady that comes to Sanditon and she's like really rich and she's like a lady? Yeah. Oh, isn't that the one that he ends up character? The uh yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that was Lady Susan. Yeah, I was like right. that looks like that's like Lady Susan. And I think she said her name was Susan. <laughs> I was like, What? <laughs> um, but anyway, she's really good in Love and Friendship. Uh and the nineteen ninety six Emma is just it's very forgettable. So yeah. that one. Yeah, but, but it's it's still passable. Yeah, it's still passable. I and overall liked it. <laughs> yeah. And so then we had the, we have the Gwyneth Paltrow version mm-hmm. where she puts on the uh, British accent, uh, Gwyneth does. And I always she, thought she was British. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> that was like that era where all of a sudden, like everybody, like Madonna all of a sudden had a British accent and like all this, <laughs> it was like, so slow down. But um, what do you think about this one? That one's my favorite. Mm-hmm overall so I think it's like like I love the way the lines are delivered they're just like so rich with like humor like Mm -hmm. even the serious stuff is just feels really like rich with humor but the only problem with it from my point of view is that it's too short which is not really its fault because it has to be a movie link right what what scene do you what do you miss um, I think I, I miss the Mr. Knightley speech at the end. Like it's pretty good, but I wanted there to be more of it, mm-hmm. you know. And I think there's some. I can't remember. I think there's a few other things that I would want more of, but I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I I really do like Gwyneth Paltrow in the role. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. she does a good job, uh, and I love all the production design in this. I love the costumes. Uh, I always thought they looked so pretty and flattering and, and uh, <laughs> the, and they looked so comfortable, the dresses in this, because sometimes oh, yeah. the period pieces, they look, uh, they look so confining and kind of comfortable, but the, in this one, I don't know, they just looked, looked like just like maxi dresses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And, uh, and I, I liked uh, pretty much all the casting in this one, particularly mm-hmm. Mrs. Elton in this one. I think oh, yeah. uh, she is just absolutely hilarious and i especially love when she's she's like i don't i don't compliment myself but my friends tell me that i can <laughs> certainly make a sandwich uh, that's my favorite juliet stevenson i think she is oh, yeah. really funny in this movie mm-hmm. and she's probably my my favorite part i also think alan cumming as oh, as yeah. mr elton is hilarious. oh yeah i love the uh the proposal scene in the carriage with him yeah <laughs> when she's like looking away and then he like starts whispering at her and scares her right <laughs> if sophie thompson is miss bates and she's a uh emma thompson's sister mm-hmm. and i think she's really really sweet and very funny it, like does well for the role yeah and <laughs> something like <laughs> we got a letter a letter mother <laughs> Um, the weakness for me in this movie is is Tony Collette for mm-hmm. me uh, as Harriet. I just she feels too old. Yeah, she's to me. Too old like too big, I guess. Like yeah, she, like just... Harriet seems better as like a very petite, like mousy kind of person. I think so. I but agree. She does act it as well as she possibly could. So yeah, I mean, it's not a deal breaker by any stretch, but it's it's the weakest casting I think of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think of of Jeremy Northam as Knightley? I think he's my favorite Knightley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's really good. I mean, it's it's nice when they get these people that that you see you see around but they're not like a big star. I think Matthew McFadden's kind of it's kind of like that too in The Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Because it can be a little bit almost distracting when it's this uh 
I don't know. It's just something, it almost makes it a little bit more sort of sexy to have this like a new face uh, yeah. that, because uh, of course the big star is our heroine. Mm-hmm. So you, you wouldn't want it to be, you know, kind of too distracting. And uh, so I know he's an actor that you see all, you, know, you see quite frequently uh, doing things, but usually he's not the, the leading man. Uh, but I think he does a good job. And I do like that his proposal is so good. That whole scene is great. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and of course, uh, young Ewan McGregor is oh Frank gosh, Churchill. Yeah. I always forget this. <laughs> Ewan McGregor in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you think about Frank Churchill's character in the story? I, I love Frank Churchill. I think mm-hmm. he's fascinating. Yeah, it's 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 cool because like he's like you're free to dislike him, but also you kind of understand why he did what he did. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's interesting because obviously the Eltons are more over the top, superficial, uh, you know, hilarious. But uh, Frank Churchill is, in a way, almost worse. In a way, as far as his character, because yeah. he, he he lies to everybody. He uh, we find out that he uh, wasn't even missing from his dad's wedding because of they thought it was because of his aunt, but it, it was not. He just was hanging out with Jane at yeah, the beach. Yeah. And so he's pretty selfish mm-hmm, character. Selfish. And especially what he puts Jane through and her embarrassment and everything like that. And, uh, and so he, he, it is interesting because you, I think you're, you're kind of not supposed to hate him because he's so, he's such a gentleman and suave and whatever, but yeah. actually like he's bad. <laughs> yeah. Like he does some pretty bad stuff. Mm-hmm but it's yeah. like it's like you kind of understand why he did it too because yeah like he wants the love he wants love and he wants the, his inheritance and you're like well i guess you did it then like yeah, like, yeah. Bad job, but also good job <laughs> right well and also you get the, the just the great line in the proposal scene where he says there's one point in which i envy him <laughs> that. you won't ask yeah. me the point of my envy perhaps you were wise <laughs> uh so you know that's always good and uh yeah so this this version i i also love the music rachel portman uh it's always been one of my favorite just uh scores and theatrical compositions i i really love it it's so so sweet and uh, i think it's perfect for for this particular version yeah mm-hmm and uh yeah i mean it stays pretty close to the book there's not uh not many deviations uh from the story and shortcuts mm -hmm, yeah we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast they're the good folks over at care of and they've been a wonderful sponsor for us and what they do is they really try hard to uh, personalize your vitamin plan to you and give you a really unique experience that's going to be the most effective and help you to achieve your health goals uh, right now we're all trying to be at our most healthiest state we've got a new year we've got all these crazy things going on in the world and so it, we need all we all need the help we can get and what you can do what's so great about care of is you can go onto their website takecareof.com and take their quiz which really helps you to personalize your vitamin plan go through and find out the things that you're lacking that you need what your lifestyle needs if you uh, how active you are all those different things are all figured out in the quiz and like for me I definitely was able to narrow down that i needed the most help with my sleep and so we were able to craft the vitamin machine around hopefully making that as effective as possible. And uh, they send you the uh, vitamins in these uh, easy to use uh, packets that have your name, that have an inspirational quote. Uh, and they're, they're great because you can just take a couple of them, put them in, in luggage, put it in your purse. You've got it ready to go. Very helpful, very handy, very, there's a great attention to detail, which I appreciate a lot in a product. And I've definitely found them to be uh, to be so just easy to use. And I think it does definitely help with my sleeping abilities. And then they also have great care into the quality of their products. Uh, they have the utmost uh, to date science and research that goes into everything that they sell. 
They also have yummy protein powders that are made of real ingredients you can recognize like organic cocoa and pink Himalayan sea salt. So it's a really a great product and a great company that takes, uh, takes attention to detail, really cares about you getting something that will help you lead your healthiest life. So definitely check it out for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code Hallmarkies50. That's for 50% off your first care of order. Go to takecareof.com, enter code Hallmarkies50. Then we had as far as traditional versions in 2009, we had a version uh, by, it was adapted by Sandy Welch, who is the person who did the show Victoria. I don't uh, know if you have watched Victoria. I watched a few seasons of it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, I preferred Over the Crown, personally. Mm-hmm. It's a little more dishy than The Crown <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, and a little more melodrama, which I like better. Uh, but anyway, uh, so she did this one, Sandy Welch, and it stars Romola Garay. Mm-hmm. So saying that wrong, probably. Oh, that's how and, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny Lee Miller. And uh yeah what did you think of this version i liked that one um mainly because it was long so it yeah like added a lot of stuff that i wanted to see in it like i really like the frank churchill in that one and jane fairfax and the way they kind of like wrap up their storyline mm-hmm. then but um i don't really like that mr knightley very much oh really see i think they have such nice chemistry the two of them yeah they I guess they do, but I just don't really like Johnny Lee Miller, I guess. Uh-huh. Something about the proposal scene in that one bothers me. I think they filmed it outside and there was like sun and clouds intermittent mm-hmm. that was like distracting me from the proposal part. And it felt like it was like weirdly rushed. So I, it, mm-hmm. it, it's like really good up until the end and then it kind of like pitters off. I can see so that. That's, I, that's my main problem with that one. I do love the 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 coda kind of when uh, so they have the proposal and she she you see her she's running and she's like I can't marry him I can't I can't abandon him and and that whole scene I think is done so well in that yeah, version. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, what is wrong? Uh, and Michael Gambone plays oh, yeah. uh, her dad and he's he, that's like in his lane perfect. <laughs> as uh uh he's so great at in these kind of period pieces playing the dad yeah. <laughs> i think really good and probably my favorite mm-hmm. and so i really like this one i think that um Romola, Romola is very like bright and luminous and just really captures the uh, the character of emma quite well and very likable yeah and uh and yeah, you get to dive in a little bit more about uh, her, uh, a little more about the society of Highbury in this one, because yeah. they have that time, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, I really, I enjoy this one. And I do also like the costumes in this one quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really good. And so, okay, then uh, let's talk about Clueless. <laughs> And then we'll talk about the new one last. But so Clueless is a really important movie in my life, actually. If I was going to say like a foundation movie, mm. you know, that I watched a lot and was really important to me growing up, this was definitely it. It came out my freshman year of high school. And so it was a, uh, I remember seeing it and then going to high school and being like, wow, they caught it. They got it. You know, all the different clicks and the way, the way Cher talks about, the the different uh groups you know when she's walking (laughs) and uh and the way she comments on the guy's clothes like that was we're we're expected to swoon that i i totally related to that and i just thought it was so funny i think the script i still laugh i still think it's hilarious uh you know things they're so iconic now these scenes like the the Hadians and the speech of the Hadians, I love. And uh, I, I, I do think it's manages to get this dynamic of these two super popular girls that, and still keep them kind of likable and warm. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes to a lot to Alicia's performance yeah. and her really good casting. I don't know. What do you think about Clueless? I like it. Mm-hmm. I don't really watch it as an adaptation of Emma, but mm-hmm. I like watching it a lot. Mm-hmm. 
it is kind of fun though to watch it and be like okay that's the painting scene okay that's the because they're all in that way yeah but if i want to watch emma then i'm not going to watch it right i'll just watch it and be like oh yeah that's the part in emma (laughs) this and this guy is this and (laughs) yeah do you have a favorite uh um a favorite joke or scene in the movie uh i feel like i really like I can't remember why, but like this one scene where um, Paul Rudd and her are in the kitchen talking. Uh huh. I, I feel like I really like the like their dynamic. I yeah, think, is like a bigger part. They have such great chemistry, mm-hmm. Paul Rudd and Alicia Silverstone. I mean, and it is amazing because Paul Rudd still looks exactly the same. I know, so like, it's crazy. But yeah, just like them, uh, like talking about the news and. Uh, she's like I thought they had peace in the Middle East I love her dad her dad's one of my favorites he's so funny with uh, uh you think I'm gonna give uh I give a drink to you know my daughter if anything happens to my daughter I got a 45 and a shovel it won't be missed uh and and I couldn't be more proud than if these were based on actual grades <laughs> yeah. and so I think he's really really funny and um but my favorite scene of the whole movie is the uh is the freeway scene because i just think that's so hilarious and i could totally relate to it because i was practicing driving with my dad and somehow we ended up on the freeway <laughs> so much scene, i'm like ah! and then my dad's like hold on to the steering wheel you know and freaking out uh and i mean I don't know if you had an experience like the first time you're on the freeway and just be like, ah! Yeah, it was just in driver's ed for me, so. Yeah, driver's ed. I was prepared for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've never been the, the, I wouldn't say driving is like my greatest skill, that's for sure. Uh, so it was a, it was a steep curve learning to drive for me. And I love that. I just think that scene is so funny. And they're like, ah! And uh, and I love Brittany Murphy so much as the Harriet character. I think that she's just so sweet, and yet she kind of is smarter than than she obviously more world world weary, world wise mm-hmm. than either Dion or Cher. And that's a different dynamic to Harriet probably than any of the other versions. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how this version actually like nails the characters yeah original characters really well it really does like like that that version of harriet is just as good as like any of the other ones Mm -hmm. well and and in a way kind of she becomes ty becomes the mean girl you know at a certain point and uh and she's like what is this creature that i've created (laughs) what have i done And I, I just think Amy Heckerling did such a great job with the script of just, I don't know, so much social commentary that I think that Jane Austen would just love it. <laughs> she would think it's hilarious. <laughs> and uh, I mean, the, the scene, the debate scene is, is classic, but with Cher, <laughs> it was uh, that, you know, that we to the to the dining room rearrange the plates and in the end it was like the more the merrier so <laughs> yeah that was great. it's the best and how am i supposed to argue against that she's talking about some garden party <laughs> <laughs> and uh i i also love the whole revelation when she realizes that she's in love with josh and she's like the the whole all by myself and uh I don't know just that whole scene is is really hilarious and done very well and I I I like Donald Faison I think he's really funny as Murray I think that works very well and I don't know I just I love it I think it is such a funny movie it's such a good movie it's very very watchable yeah and all the fashion you watch it And uh, I, I didn't. You always want one of her, um, uh, that one of her, uh, her, well, that tap, that kind of that 
game that she has where she puts outfits together uh, in oh, her closet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so cool. <laughs> and she's like, uh, and you can only tell so much. So I got, you got to take Polaroids. <laughs> she has Polaroids and everything. <laughs> and I also love uh, that she, uh, her rules for when Christian uh, is coming over for things that she's got to have her good lighting. Did I fall into a case of bad lighting? <laughs> and I think that Christian was really the first gay character that I ever really saw in a movie that I, at least that a movie that I kind of knew and, and that I liked so much. And uh, so that was, that was uh, something that was important, I think, mm. uh, for, um, for me at least growing up. And, uh, you know, that's a, a really fun character and uh the i like his his interactions with her dad are hilarious oh, yeah. and uh, so i don't know it's a movie that i love i love <laughs> clueless and <laughs> and i still think it holds up i still yeah. laugh i mean because classic now yeah because people compare it to 10 things i hate about you which is also really fun but uh it, you know, it's just one of those timing things that, that, that Clueless just hit me right at that perfect yeah. time and was kind of my comedy for high school mm-hmm. uh, for that. But anyway, so let's talk about this new version. Right. So what was your overall thoughts about the 2020 version? Overall thoughts? It's kind of hard because I haven't really like solidified it yet. Mm-hmm. But I think I feel like I need to see it again, you know. Yeah. But overall, I I definitely liked it, mm-hmm. but I liked it because it was a fateful adaptation, yeah. not because of all the things that it did to like make itself stand out. Mm-hmm. So I guess I I don't I might warm to those elements later, but in the moment I didn't really care that it was like had like this interesting filming style and was really colorful mm-hmm. and had the weird costumes. Yeah. I just kind of was like, I want it to be an Emma adaptation and it was, so I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really enjoyed it a, a lot. I, I, there were a lot of things that they, choices they made that I think really worked and cause you don't want just the same movie over and over again. Uh, so they, I think they did enough to kind of differentiate themselves, make it unique, make it fresh without, like betraying the source material and uh and so uh, yeah i really enjoyed it the thing i i think i liked the most about it aside from clueless i i personally thought it was the one that was the most like a true comedy uh compared to some of the other adaptations which are a little bit more stuffy yeah it, it definitely it like added some mm-hmm. like comedy on the side to it yeah there was i felt like they kind of took cues from the favorite and from love and friendship uh-huh. uh, and just added some of that kind of uh, dry wit yeah. and uh, things that while still keeping it in Austin. Uh, like the bit where these taking the screens around. Yeah, oh my gosh. That was so funny. <laughs> I died laughing. <laughs> yeah. I, Bill Nye, he was so funny as her dad. He's great. Uh, He's always great. Yeah. I love, I, I, I do, I always, almost always love him, but he, he was so funny in this movie and a little bit, uh, I thought it was a really interesting scene when she's crying in the hallway mm-hmm. and he kind of comes up to her and he just kind of stands there. Yeah. It's almost like he doesn't know what to do. Like, you think he would just like, because she's hug, hug. like that before, I guess. Yeah. And, and like, he's not somebody that I think is emotionally capable of just like, loving his like hugging his daughter in a in uh he's just i don't know it was, it was an interesting scene interesting choice but i thought it really uh fit his his character yeah like like yeah. he doesn't want to hug her but he also isn't gonna like leave her there either. right <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was re- that was really interesting i thought and i thought they did a really good job of making this emma feel feel really young yes feel really immature yeah, I actually like got the impression that she was like younger than me. Yeah. And and it it felt like as opposed to somebody being like bossy and rude, which it can feel when it's an older actress, I think what it, it made it feel like, no, this is just somebody who just doesn't really know. Yeah. She's you just, know what to say and what to do. Yeah. 
And, and especially because they made, I thought they did a really, really good job with the casting of Harriet in this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Mia Goth. And, and it was kind of like the blind leading the blind. You <laughs> have these two super naive characters who obviously Emma has spent almost no time with, uh, with anybody but Mrs. Weston and her father. And so, <laughs> yet, yet she sort of takes this Harriet, Harriet girl under her wing who's also very sheltered mm-hmm. and you know lived sort of a, a very seems like a very sort of restricted life in this you know this girl's home and uh, so she just kind of eats up anything emma says and mm-hmm. i thought that dynamic really worked and i thought it just made her a, a more it was just like a different take which was refreshing i thought for yeah. the character and you really got a sense of her being young. How did you feel about them making Knightley so much younger in this version? He was younger? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that was the feeling I got, that he wasn't, like... He seemed too young to me. Yeah, uh, I, I felt like he seemed closer to her in age than any of the other versions that I've seen. Um, I don't know. It yeah. crossed my mind, so I yeah. guess... <laughs> um, yeah, I felt like... Uh, and... I, I feel like it kind of makes sense because I think that maybe that's a little bit of a, a little bit of a hard sell to modern audiences to have this much older yeah. character, uh, the kind of lecturing this, this young, younger character. Uh, and I don't know. I just felt like it made them a little bit more on, on an equal playing field yeah, yeah. to me. And uh, I don't, did you think they had nice chemistry? Uh, yeah, not nothing like spectacular, but mm-hmm. like it worked. I liked the fact that I felt like, and maybe because they seemed similar in age to me, I felt like they were kind of at each other in a different way than you typically get in uh, in these things. Like it was very, they were like shouting in a way that you don't normally, there was nothing sort of precious about it uh-huh. that you sometimes see in period pieces. Like this was a little bit more sort of raw yeah. or shouting. Yeah, people like actually got angry. <laughs> yeah, which I really liked. I thought that was so good, and and I, I felt like that really built the chemistry together. And and he was really good at that sort of long lingering British stare, which I love. <laughs> and I thought particularly the scenes where they were dancing uh, were really pretty spicy. I thought there there was a connection between them, and I I thought that those scenes. They did a good job of sort of portraying like just that little touch or that little look that that uh, brings the chemistry. Yeah, I think the the dance the dance was probably my favorite sequence. It was, uh, yeah, it was really good. I liked that a lot. Good and the costumes and mm-hmm. all the characters were there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I I thought that they had a pretty good Mr. Elton, uh, and that whole thing with the frame. That made me laugh. That was really good. <laughs> Stupid, ridiculous prank. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> people who haven't seen the movie, so they literally, not only is it like a gilded frame, it has uh, a door covering <laughs> that you open up and then you see, and that was, that was really funny. It's so I it covers up the picture. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It's Josh O'Connor. He, I've never seen him before, but he was really funny. I really enjoyed uh, that. And uh, what did you think of the Frank Churchill in this? I like that guy. Mm-hmm. But I think, feel like the character was a little left on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Like once you find out that he's engaged to um, Jane, like yeah. barely see them again. You see them once. That's like, true. Uh, I, but I felt like he was probably the most unlikable version of Frank Churchill. He yeah. Was pretty like, rude. He was pretty you, standoffish. You really understand how Emma just does not fall in love with him yeah you're like oh yeah frank churchill right yeah yeah (laughs) exactly i mean yeah they probably spend about as much time on on um uh shoot the farmer can't think of oh yeah um, yeah they probably spend as much time on on him as they do with frank Mm -hmm. but i don't know it kind of helped because you really uh, somebody was saying on twitter it's like i really really dislike frank churchill i'm like yeah that's the point. You're supposed to really just like him. He's really rude. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but I, I really enjoyed not only Mr. Elton, but I really enjoyed Mrs. Elton in this one as well. Yeah. I thought she was really funny. Mm-hmm. And I think I, her hair 
Yeah. It was really good. Uh, Tanya Reynolds is her name. And uh, they, they did the whole, it reminded me of, um, do you ever see the wives and daughters? Mm-hmm. Andrew Davies oh, one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that the hair and the wives and daughters, the way they would like sculpt it. Yeah. Into, uh, this is the way it is here. And it's like, they sculpt it. So it looks like a bow, mm-hmm. but it's actually her hair. Yeah. Uh, it was really, really good. They should remember at Oscars. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I thought she was really funny in this, especially the whole scene where she's talking about, uh, uh, what is it? Um, uh, oh, Mole Groves or Mabel Grove, Mabel yeah. Grove. Yeah. <laughs> and Emma's just like right. horrified. His hand away from the food. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, that was, that was really funny. I thought, and, uh, and we, yeah, we talked about the screens and her dad really funny uh and i also loved that even just when the baby is crying is like, call perry call perry right now call the doctor oh yeah i love the girl who plays who played isabel yeah she's she's good that was really funny to me and i could call the doctor just for a crying baby uh, <laughs> and i also liked uh her uh the um uh the other mr Niley, isabel's husband he was he was funny I always love John Knightley. Yeah. <laughs> He's just he like, oh no. Like on the side, just doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I was going to do like a dream casting, I, I think that I would probably have the Mrs. Weston from the 1996 version. Uh, I think she, and I like the fact that she narrates that movie. Oh yeah. Mrs. Weston. Um, they didn't have as much of the Westons in this one, but, uh, but I still, I don't know, I still enjoyed them in this and, and I don't, I just thought it was really funny and I, I I liked the costuming in this. It definitely did feel different for sure. Mm -hmm. And some people were saying that, uh, that maybe it kind of had a little bit of a a Marie Antoinette kind of a feel in a way that's some kind of the way there's sort of a modern touch to the period decadence in a way. That was cool. The only thing I didn't like about the costumes was the collars on the guy's shirts with like, yeah. like over their cheeks. Yeah. They were so high and that was like distracting me. Mm-hmm. But otherwise I liked the costumes. Yeah. So if, if you were going to do a dream casting out of all the Emmas, which one would you pick? <laughs> Gosh, that's so hard. I know. They're so like, I like how every single one of them brings something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I would pick Ramola Garay. Mm-hmm. I loved her. I thought she was so good. And mm-hmm. maybe it's not fair because we see so much more of her in the version, but I loved her in that. So I think I would pick her for my Emma. I think I would pick Anya, but mm-hmm. I would want her to play it differently, maybe. Mm-hmm. Because I like the way Gwyneth Paltrow plays it, but I like the way Anya looks as her. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. <laughs> I also loved the hats, the all the f- headwear, whatever in the the recent version was so beautiful. Uh, they definitely got somebody very talented to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I can see that. Uh, for I I think I would go with Jeremy Northam, even though I I actually love Johnny Lee, M- Lee Miller, uh, in the 2009 version. But I think I would go with Jeremy Northam for Mr. Knightley. Kind of almost de- definitive. <laughs> yeah really good kind of like a little bit shy a little bit (laughs) and you can really tell he's mature and Mm -hmm. and stuff yeah and so then i think i would pick it's a debate between michael gambon or bill nye i think i picked bill nye as uh as mr woodhouse and great but you know (laughs) and then the harriet smith i think i would pick this mia goth yeah, I think I was she really was funny. really, really good in the she movie. So cute. I loved the way she would just like smile all the time. Yeah. Really big. <laughs> yeah. So good. And I I think who would I pick for Frank Churchill? Um I don't know. Maybe I, I, I guess three for deference. Yeah. I think I so. Know. I mean uh, the uh McGregor is really good too. Yeah, it's different. I like, I like the characterization that Rupert Evans does. 
Yeah. I don't really like the the wig that they give to Ewan McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> That's not my favorite. Not so much. <laughs> I would definitely pick the Mrs. Elton from the 96. Yeah. Uh, she's so funny in that version. The Elton, I, I mean, I think I probably, I did really like this one in 2020. Uh, I, I thought he was really funny. Maybe I'd pick that. I don't know. I love Alan Cumming too. Yeah, I'd probably go with Alan Cumming. <laughs> and so I think that's our our main. Oh, Miss Bates, who uh, the Miss Bates. What did you think of Miss Bates in this new one? Um, she was good. I feel like I like her being a little bit more um, panicky sounding because mm-hmm. this one was like she would ramble, but she would ramble slowly. So mm-hmm. that was different, and it was fine. But I don't think she was my favorite. But I felt like I the hurt was more yeah, sort of noticeable true. in this one than in yeah. the. The like others on it yeah like i felt really bad for her so but yeah so i think I'm, i might go with this one i might go with this one but i really like the the 1996 one as well is is really good um i mean like i said the the, the uh clueless is kind of hard to figure out in a dream casting because it's so different yeah, but because i love Brittany murphy so much and i uh you know i love uh, Dion and and uh, share so much, uh, so I don't know it's kind of their own their own thing, but uh, yeah, I think there you go. I I I'm really excited to get to see this new one again. Uh, I gave it a I gave it a nine out of ten. I really enjoyed it. It was just so much fun, and I look forward to going. I think I'm going to go with my mom this week uh, mm-hmm. and see it again because uh, it was just so funny and just such a nice break from all the stress uh, yeah. so well thanks so much for coming on and talking about emma with me i really appreciate it uh-huh. and uh if you if you're listening out there let us know what you think about the different versions what's your favorite do you like emma what do you think works about the story we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comment section or on twitter that would be really fun and do you have a social media that you'd like to share uh, you can follow me on Twitter at H-T-W-A-M underscore Sarah. Great. And I'll have that all in the description section so people can follow you. And uh, do, you, do you have a, a blog uh, that you'd like to share? Your My blog, blog is um, howtowatchamotionpicture.blogspot.com. You can find it through Twitter too. That's a good one. And uh, you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Make sure to check that out. And make sure you're following the podcast at Hallmarkies Podcast uh, on Hallmarkies Pod, all of our social media, and on iTunes and YouTube. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us your rating and ratings and reviews. We really appreciate it. And if you're listening on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. It helps us out so much. We also have our patron group, which is really fun. And we have our merch store, which has tons of fun Hallmark and, and Hardy's inspired designs. So check that out. And thanks again, Sarah. This was really fun to get to talk about Jane Austen, get to talk about Emma, and uh, we'll hopefully uh, be, uh, be able to have you on again sometime. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Bye, everyone. <laughs>